to me, it looks like EJ Montgomery uh, probably would come back for a second season. Now, obviously, we won't know until the end of the year. Um, but I think he could be a lottery pick. I just don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be next year. Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Curtis Birch, host and producer on News Radio 630 WLAP, the home of the Cats, right here in Lexington. And I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic, and together, Curtis and I are here every day, Monday through Friday, talking the Cats. If it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, you can hear it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This edition of the show, we are going to preview Seton Hall, talk a little Ashton Higgins, and then have a nice conversation with Evan Daniels about basketball recruiting. But we are back in our mobile studios, parked on, what street is this? This is Rose Street, right? Rose. We are near the intersection of Avenue Champions and Rose Street. Cars are zipping by. College kids going out of the coffee shop studying for some finals, Kyle. It's a beautiful day. It's a beautiful freezing day. And John Calipari spoke to the media. That's why we're here. Main topic of conversation was Seton Hall and Ashton Higgins. And Kyle, I'll let you kind of plug your your piece on Ashton Higgins. Yeah, I was happy to be ahead of the curve on that one. It was uh, the basically the entire uh, conversation today in uh, in the Calipari presser. Um, I earlier this morning I posted a story, basically just going through. We talked about it. I think teased it a little bit earlier in the week, but went through every possession that Ashton Hagen's defended. Uh, Francis Alonzo of UNC Greensboro in the second half. He scored 19 points in the first half, guarded mostly by Keldon Johnson and Tyler Hero. He had three in the second half. Of those uh, 20 possessions that Higgins was on him in the second half, 11 times he either totally denied him the ball or made him give it up immediately. Uh, he ran through screens, around screens, chased him all over the floor. UNCG's you know, primary objective was or, or uh, attack was to start Alonzo in the far right corner and then just run him off a series of screens, double stagger screens, um, screens to the left and right. He was just zigzagging the floor trying to get away from Ashton Higgins, and Higgins didn't let it happen. And we have a ambulance zooming by us now, or a fire truck. Um, it was very impressive. I talked to an NBA scout. I asked an NBA scout to give it a look. He laughed at me at first, and then he watched it and said, this is beautiful, and uh had some other things to say. You can read the story at theathletic.com on the Athletic app, uh, which I believe now is one of Google uh, Google's uh, most popular uh, fan favorite app downloads of the year 2018. Congratulations, Kyle. Thank you. Um, recently featured as Apple's app of the day. Um, but, I, I mean, it was a brilliant defensive performance. He totally shut him down. It was what we thought Ashton Hagen, Hagens was going to be coming out of high school. That was his reputation. It was the way he played in the Bahamas, just kind of breaking guys' will. Um, and so the, the story is, a, is about 2,100 words of sort of a deeper examination of how good he was and how good they hope and expect him to be. He's, I think, can be a catalyst for them. Um, and Cal Perry's point is he needs to get, you know, he wants to get everybody on that level. Yeah. Um, and he talked a lot today about. These are just guys who just didn't learn it. You know, there's a lot of the stuff they should have learned before they got there, but they didn't. And so now he's teaching. He said they're spending a ton of time in practice and in film on off-the-ball defense Um, because that was Hagen's thing. He was a great on-ball defender even, you know, right away at Kentucky. He was good at that. But off the ball, he was kind of a mess, and all of them were. And they've been focusing on that. And I thought the funniest thing he said was, Keldon Johnson, 
off the ball. We might as well be playing five on four. And he said even Keldon recognizes it and laughs at himself in film like, whoa, what am I doing? I'm not even in this play. Yeah. Um, he said that they're basically playing a box in one, even though they're not in a box <laughs> yeah, right. in one because Four Keldon. guys are over here and, uh, and Keldon's <laughs> over there doing his own thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, defense is going to be the calling card for this team. They're, you know, And they'll score a bunch of points when they defend well. They've got guys who can shoot and yeah. score and they can get in transition. But defense, is if they're going to become an elite team that can contend for the national title, it will be because a bunch of individual pieces who have elite defensive capability play that way and do it together. Trust each other. He talked a lot about trust again today. Um and uh, and so that that's I think that's their entire focus right now is yeah. be great defensively. I'll have um, the full Calipari presser available on my Twitter feed at Curtis Birch. I'll also post it on BigBlueInsider.com so you can check it out at either of those places. Uh, we'll briefly mention kind of Seton Hall. Obviously, this game is in New York, Madison Square Garden. That's always a big venue. That was the talking point to the players. EJ Montgomery and Reed Travis both talked. Uh, Reed actually played in MSG. I guess it was the preseason NIT tournament when he was a freshman at Stanford. They ended up winning that event, I believe he said. So he has some experience there. EJ Montgomery said he played a high school event there, the Dick's High School National Championship yep. game, and won that, and he said he'd like to continue that. So both of those guys have experience in the garden. It's always a cool event. And, you know, it'll, it'll kind of, as EJ phrased it, try to get a win away from home because they haven't had one yet. You know, the, yeah. their only neutral court well, game was one game away from home yeah. so far. Yeah, um, yeah and, and, you know, Seton Hall will be a good team. It'll probably be the second best team they've played since Duke. I think UNCG was probably the best team, even, even better than this one. Uh, let's see, I'm looking right now. They just the, lost, they, they recently lost to Louisville. They have a win over Miami. Miami's been one of the major disappointments in college basketball yep. this season. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just kind of judging it from way far away, middle of the road, power, power conference team. Yeah, there are, there are a few spots ahead of UNCG in the Ken Palm rankings. They're 59th right now, uh, 82nd in adjusted offense, uh, 62nd in adjusted defense. So just, like you said, middle of the road uh, team, um, but will be a challenge. It's basically a home game for them. There, yep. um, they've lost three games. They've lost to St. Louis by three points. Lost at Nebraska, big by twenty-three, eighty to fifty-seven, and lost to Louisville um, at home. So they're, they're five and three. Um, I mean, it's a team. It's a team you need to beat. Uh, yeah. if you're Kentucky. No question about that. Um, and, and just really, as much as anything, play well, play well on the defensive end, guard people, and show that the you know what look like steps forward actually are steps forward. That you're not going to you know relapse. Um, so I think it's a good opportunity. <clears throat> excuse me, good opportunity. It's another one of those early tips. So they're going to be it's a nooner. They're going to test their test their uh, focus. You're out in New York City the night before. I doubt they'll be out. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't buy that these guys can't find a way to to slip out of the curfew uh, restrictions. Jeez. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not accusing them of that. But if I'm in New York City as a college kid, I want to go see the city, and it, you know, I, that's what I'd do. Okay. But I mean, I but I think these guys should behave and stay in their dorm <laughs> in their hotel rooms. Uh, I mean, if nothing else, just. Stand by the window. And well, watch I'm guessing the, they'll be there. You know, I, are they leaving today? On, as, we, as, we, as we record on Thursday, 
I mean, they'll have some time to see the see the city, yeah. and they'll, they'll well, you hope like you hope so. Yeah, that that. Uh, so I think every time you make these trips, you yeah, try to go give these guys the, a little slice of life. The little Rockefeller Center and the cool tree and all those fun Christmassy time deals up in the NYC. The Big Apple. Yep. Hey, you can have a big bite of the Big Apple and then uh, try to get a win against Seton Hall. So that's going to conclude our thoughts on the Seton Hall game. Coming up next, we had a conversation with Evan Daniels of 247 uh, Sports about basketball recruiting overall and a lot about Kentucky and some of the targets they are going after uh, the rest of this year. For that, I did want to tell you real quick about Sling TV. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. And if you're sick of paying for a bunch of channels you never even use, Sling TV is the way to go. You can get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, SEC Network, and a bunch more sports channels. All you got to do is go to Sling.com and sign up. And right now, Locked On listeners can get a special offer. Sling.com slash Locked On gets you a seven-day free trial. Free means you don't pay anything. You got nothing to lose, so get to sling.com slash locked on. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Now joined by Evan Daniels on the podcast, and we are recording right now at 107, and some news just broke in the recruiting circle, guys. Yeah, uh, some pretty significant news. Uh, Vernon Carey to Duke, I guess not a serious surprise. I thought that's kind of where he was headed. I do think Michigan State gave a really serious run at it. Um, and there are different points in the recruitment where I think that they were the leader. Uh, but at the end of the day, I, I think uh, I, I think he's kind of always wanted to go to Duke, and that's the way it went. Real quick, I don't want to linger too much on uh, on him because he's a, this is a Kentucky podcast, and that's probably a sensitive subject. But along those lines, where do you think things went wrong with Kentucky? It seemed like there was at least a period of time where they were legitimately in the mix. He came on an official visit, and pretty shortly after that visit, it was – Kentucky was off the list. Yeah, I, I think that I think that he, um, I think Kentucky did a good job of getting in there. Um, obviously, he took an official visit, and I, I think at the end of the day, truthfully, that Duke is a school he wanted to go to all along. Michigan State just prioritized him so much earlier than all the other schools that ultimately um, that kept them in the race longer than everybody else. And I think he seriously considered them. Well, I think once Duke really prioritized him. Um, that's where he was going. It obviously went back and forth down the stretch, um, but I think that's where he was going. And, and not to dismiss the, the, the Kentucky side of it, they obviously had him for an official. And any time, I think, when you have a kid on campus for an official visit, you have some sort of shot. Um, and I actually thought that Kentucky would be on his final list because, I, truthfully, I don't think Carolina was ever a factor in this recruitment. I don't think he was ever going there. Um, Interesting. But that, that's kind of where it stood. Well, on a, on a I think – for the moment, more positive note for Kentucky, and speaking of official visits, they had Matthew Hurt on campus um, mm-hmm. for the UNCG game, and, and oddly enough, he got to see like Rupp Arena at its best. It was really loud. People were really excited. I think a lot of that had to do with the second-half defensive effort, and in part, Ashton Hagens just totally locked down a, a, a star who had been going off. Um, and for whatever reason, it, just, it was a good crowd, and it was a really loud crowd. Um, you had a piece... This week, um, catching up with him after that visit, what what stood out to you from what his what he said about the experience here and where can kind of where Kentucky stands in his recruitment? Yeah, he he did mention the crowd and and the atmosphere, and uh, he also mentioned being in practice and and and, and sitting down with Cal, and uh, he seemed 
uh, pretty impressed across the board with Kentucky. Uh, I will say that it's pretty rare a recruit comes back and says, hey, I, I wasn't impressed with that. Yeah, I had a bad Actually, time. Really ha- I've rare, I don't know that any recruit has ever said I hated my visit to me. And, but uh, anyways, I, I do think that he, he enjoyed it. Um, he was pretty uh, upbeat about it. Uh, now, that was also his first official visit. He had obviously been to Kentucky previously uh, for unofficial visits. Um, but I thought it, it sounded like a, a pretty positive visit for him, and it sounded like um, they relayed to him how they want to use him, and it seemed to go over pretty positively with Matthew. Of the top ten guys, Kentucky now is still in on. Anthony Edwards, we're going to get to the other two. Anthony Edwards is the new number one in the class. Jaden McDaniels, number five in the class, and Matthew Hurt, number seven in the class in your 247 composite. It feels like to me, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, they're in the best shape probably with Matthew Hurt. Yeah, it, it kind of seems like they're in good shape with Matthew Hurt. Um, you know, Jaden McDaniels is just tough, Kyle, because uh, I admittedly don't know where he's going. Um, if he ends up in Kentucky, he has to go all the way across the country. You know, his brother's at San Diego State, and they've been in there for a long time. He's obviously um, from the Washington area, so there's a, a pull there. Um, but he's been pretty quiet and hush-hush on his recruitment, and, um, you know, UCLA is going to get it got an official visit. Um, Texas is involved. Handicapping his is pretty difficult. Before we'll talk more about McDaniel in a minute, but I did want to get your thoughts on something that's kind of gotten a lot of buzz on social media. Matthew Hurt actually putting on the UK jersey on his visit. We talked about it on the last edition of this podcast, the one before, and Kyle had a great comparison about credit cards. But if you want to hear that, go go back and listen. But what's your kind of what have you been hearing about Kentucky not letting guys put on the jersey and doing the photo shoot thing? And is this kind of signal a change for John Calipari on how he's handling some of these visits? I'll be honest with you. Um, until I saw, I think it was Kyle's tweet. Kyle, you tweeted something about yeah. the, the Matthew Hurt yeah. putting on a Kentucky jersey, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, until I saw that tweet, I, I didn't know that that was, a, that was a, a thing at Kentucky. Like I didn't know that they weren't allowing guys to do that. The truth is, is these kids love that. On their uh, official visits, they love doing the photo shoots and getting those photos so they can throw them on Instagram or throw them on Twitter. Um, and I, I wasn't really aware that Kentucky hadn't been doing that. And there are, I know there's some NCAA rules that come along with it. Um, like you can't hire a photographer to do it. Uh, you, you know, the, the basketball program has to use the camera in house and they have to take the photos. Um, but I think it's, it's just something, it's just an addition uh, in these official visits that the kids like, and, you know, they like to be able to go throw and, Throw those pictures on social media and and um, kind of pump up where they were that weekend. Yeah, that's a, that's really something the NCAA needs to be concerned about the professional photographers <laughs> in in those in official visits. That's that's going to make everything a lot better in amateur athletics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> um, yeah, Evan, my point about that was that you know as as. I'm told that Cal is is coming around to the idea that, you know, the pitch maybe needs a little tweaking, a little updating with some of these top guys. I think the general approach at Kentucky has been this isn't for everybody, and if it's not for you, you know, there's the door. And, you know, there's maybe a little bit of arrogance in that, and at some point you've got to play the game a little bit with these guys. I think there's a a worry about ceding some power to players or parents by – catering to them too much 
But I think this is yep. maybe an example of just, uh, you know, a, a slight concession of doing something that, I mean, the the top guys want to want to feel wanted. They want to feel catered to. And as Curtis mentioned, my credit card uh, thing rant yesterday, it, to, to summarize it, you know, credit card companies are super competitive for, for people that are going to have big credit limits. And so they send out these crazy cards. Like I got a card in a, that was made of metal in a wooden box because they're, they're trying to make mm-hmm. people feel special. Right. Um, yep. Yep. and it's, and it's little things like that. And I, I don't know if you read it that way, but I think these kinds of things are things you are going to have to do. Top kids and their families do want to be made to feel special. And, but you know, putting, putting on a Jersey is, uh, and, and letting them put that out there is, uh, is one of those little, little, very little things in my opinion. Yes. No, I completely agree. I, I think it's, you, I think you're probably, in a very small way, you leave yourself at a disadvantage for not doing that type of stuff. And maybe, to a degree, Kentucky feels like, hey, we're Kentucky. We don't have to do that. Right. But at, at, at the end of the day, um, it's something the kids enjoy. So if they enjoy it and they want to do it, uh, why would you stop them from doing it? Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, Duke, Duke could say the same thing, but they're not. They're not. You know what I mean? Like they're you're, when you're when you're uh, when your uh, peers are could all say the same thing. We're we're X Y Z. We're Michigan State. We're Duke. We're Carolina. We don't have to. Well, it's not about have to. It's about like all. Well, I think all these top the schools. The these top schools. It's very small degrees of things separating them from each other. So so may, don't sure. you know? Don't give anybody a reason to cross you off the list on the on the pros and cons. Like, how did they make me feel on my visit? Right. Right. Uh, right, right. Of course. I, I completely agree. Uh, on Jaden McDaniels kind of moving on, uh, and then we'll, we'll work our way up the list, I guess. Um, I know you said he's kind of hard to read. I talked to his trainer out there who, who feels like Kentucky is, is very much in the mix and they've been impressed by a few things. I mean, he, he came on a visit a couple weeks ago as well. Cal has flown all the way across the country twice uh, to see him, which is rare. I mean, they don't get a lot or even really pursue a lot of West Coast guys because I think it's such a time commitment. And you, if you come up empty, you've just wasted so much time, whole days flying across the country. Um, they've obviously made him a priority. Why? You know, if if we don't know a whole lot about his where he stands in recruiting, why why would would Calipari make this kid so much of a, a priority? What kind of player is he? Well, he's a, he's a special prospect. I think, honestly, um, you could make a case that he has as much upside as any player in the 2019 class. Uh, he's re- improving at a pretty drastic rate. He's grown. Um, you know, he's listed at 6'11". I'm guessing he's more in the 6'9", 6'10", range, but that, that doesn't matter. He's long. Uh, his body hasn't filled out yet. He's, he's um, physically immature. Uh, he's a good athlete. The skill set just continues to blossom. And this is a kid with significant upside um, that I think is, is going to be a really good prospect and a really good player one day. And I think Kentucky saw that talent in him. And, uh, look, we, I don't think anybody fully knows who's going to go pro and who's going to come back for Kentucky next year, um, but they do know that they're going to need some bodies. Yep. And they specifically need some, some taller bodies. Now, Jaden McDaniels, to me, is a uh, face-up power forward. Um, but I think that he could fit right in uh, at Kentucky with the way they play um, and his skill set. So I think they prioritize him, one, because he's a really good player, and, and two, there's clearly some mutual interest there. Could, could you I know see- that, that was probably like the elementary way to answer that, but <laughs> no, no. I think that's the truth. 
Is there a scenario where you see Hurt and McDaniel possibly playing both at Kentucky, or are they kind of too similar and would play a similar role? They, they'll probably end up at different spots. They, I could see those two playing together at the same school, um, but that would be one of them conceding a little to the other. Now, I do think that Jaden can play some straight three-man. I like him as a face-up four. I think the game, with the way the game is going, having that type of versatility at that spot um, is a major advantage. But you could play him out on the, uh, at the three spot. I think with Matthew Hurt, um, he has face-up four to him, too, because he's a very good um, shooter. He can step out on the floor and make jump shots. Uh, but he's got some action down on the block, too. Um, so if they were going to do that, I, you, you would play Jaden at the three, Matt at the four, or you could play Jaden at the four and even Matt at the five, and then you have a really versatile lineup. Now, I don't know if Matthew Hurt's going to be okay with someone saying he's a five. Well, he's not really a five, but with the way the game is going and how smaller it's going and how uh, versatility matters, it'd be a pretty versatile lineup. We've talked a bunch on this podcast about if that happens, if those are the guys they get and they don't, and there's no magic solution to this you know, true big man problem they have next year and depending on who goes pro, it could just by necessity transform and, and modernize Kentucky's offense, what Calipari does offensively, where they just go kind of small ball. Uh, it's funny to say small ball when you'd have a 6'9 and 6'10 guy, yeah. but, but it essentially is small ball, Warriors-style ball, where everybody on the floor can can make a three. Um, and, and it would have some obvious weaknesses, but I think it would be really fun to watch. Yeah, it would be. And I, I do think that they're, um, you know, it's been pretty, I know you've written stories on it, other people have written stories on it. It's, it's pretty obvious that, you know, they're struggling a little to find big men in this 19 class. I think they're going to get a little help because, it, to me, it looks like E.J. Montgomery uh, probably would come back for a second season. Now, obviously, we won't know until the end of the year. Um, but I think he could be a lottery pick. I just don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's going to be next year. If Good. they get him back and then you get one or two of those guys, um, you got a really versatile four man, and then you're probably playing um, you're playing a point guard and two wings or two point guards and a wing. Um, but then they could also go four guards and play with EJ at the five. This is a lot of different ways you could do it. Um, but I think you're right. You know, it, it, the game has gone smaller. The game has gone to versatility. It's gone to stretch fours. Um, and you know, I, I think if if they were able to get a, a Matthew Hurt and a Jaden McDaniel's, you probably because of the talent that those two bring. Be forced to do a lot of that. Now, when we talk about small ball warrior style modern NBA type offense, I think Kentucky could absolutely do that if they get the the last guy we're going to talk about, Anthony Edwards, a six five, two hundred fifteen pound James Harden Jr. What? Uh, for one, I know you and I have talked about it for for print purposes, but how how good is this kid? And and also. Do you think I know Florida State is heavily considered uh, the favorite, and and maybe Georgia as the as one B, the in-state school that got his first official visit? Um, can Kentucky pull this off? You know, make up ground and pull it off? Because I think I think that's a game changer if they do. Of course, it's a game changer wherever he goes. Honestly, um, the the truth is I don't know the answer to that. I don't know that Anthony knows the answer to that yet. I think that Florida State heading into the reclassification has a lot of momentum. Uh, that said, he took his first official visit to Georgia, and I think that they are very strong in there as well. If I were handicapping it, 
I would say, and, and Anthony probably wouldn't say this, but I would guess that those two schools have slight edges over everyone else. Um, now, you and I both know that Kentucky can make up ground, and they can do it quickly. And I would imagine they get an official visit from him because they're going to target him and have targeted him. And then anything happens. But I don't think at this point we know the answer to that question yet. And, and you're right, he's a game changer. Uh, I think he's the best prospect in the 2019 class. Uh, his ability to score, his explosive athleticism, um, the improvement to his skill set, um, he's ridiculous with the ball in his hands, coming off screens, uh, creating off the balance, pulling up from mid-range. He shot it over, uh, shot at 45% clip from three in the Under Armour Association this past summer. Um, so he's just a gifted scorer. I liken him to a little, a little bit like James Harden. Um, they're not the exact, they're not the exact same player, but they're both so effective with the ball in their hands. And this kid is as explosive as a, a, um, a prospect from an athletic standpoint uh, as there is in, in high school basketball. Yeah, I wrote something on him. Talked to you for that earlier in the week, and and his he's coached by Lefty Drizel's grandson. Lefty's just went into the Hall of Fame and. A, Apparently talked to a fellow Hall of Famer who's still active and in recruiting, uh, recruiting uh, Anthony and said if the if the NBA draft was tomorrow and he was eligible, he'd be the number one pick now. So that's uh, that's pretty high praise. I think that validates your your number one ranking for him in his current class. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of people disagreed with. Well, I don't want to say disagreed with it, but I think maybe some question it. But it, it, truthfully, I thought that. Uh, the, the top three players in 2020, and I'm referring to uh, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley, uh, are better than any prospect in 2019. Wow. Um, so if, if, if one of those other guys came over to 20, I would, you know, bump him up as well. Um, and, you know, nothing would surprise me. Well, I mean, from an NBA perspective, it's a scorer's league, and he's the best scorer in the country, right? I mean, that's kind of what it well, comes down the to. Well, guards' wings are just so valuable. Yeah. And you're right, it's not only a scorer's league, it's a shot maker's league. And shooting is at the highest of premiums. Um, so when you can shoot the ball and score the ball the way he can, plus possess the physical tools, the athleticism, the length, the body, it's a game changer. We'll continue our conversation with Evan Daniels in just a minute. You are Locked On Kentucky, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Evan, I'll end with this, and we, we sort of, we sort of talked about it with just the idea of the jersey, jersey and the pictures, but as we've talked to you in the past about, you know, is Cal slipping with the top top guys a little bit? I, whether he's slipping or not, the facts are what the, what they are that they haven't gotten one in three or four years uh, in the top five. Have you gotten any any sense, you know, in the in the people you talk to, the stuff you're hearing, talking to players, families, coaches, whatever? Have you gotten any sense that Cal, you know, recognizes, hey, there's been an issue. Hey, we need to step our game up or make a tweak or make a, make a, you know, evolve a little bit in our recruiting approach. I haven't heard that. Um, honestly, uh, I haven't. Um, you know, I, I think to a degree, um, there I want to make sure I word this correctly. I, I like not getting James Wiseman. I think was a little blown out of proportion. Kind I mean, of a look, fluke because have, of what it was. They have, well, it's not. I don't know. Fluke's not the word. Like they were getting James Wiseman unless one scenario happened, and that scenario happened. It just right. happened to be more bad luck than anything. Um, but they still have um, a recruiting class that consists of 
uh, two players ranked in the top 10 in the 24-7 sports composite. Not good enough, Evan. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's the issue. It's, I mean, that should always be good enough. It just it just should. Right. Like your expectation can't be we have to get a top three player every year. Now, do they want top three players and would they like to sprinkle some in? Yes, of course they would. But when you have the number eight player and the number 10 player and the number 74 player, it's hard to complain too much. And you're still on Matthew Hurt. You're still on a couple of Jaden McDaniels. So I know there's just a lot to play out. Now, if they miss all three of those guys, are they going to be a little light in the post? Yeah, they will. Um, but I just think it's too early for um, – and, and just a little ridiculous when you get two top ten players that – the, some of the reaction that I've seen. And the crazy thing is, right, like based on what I've seen of the other classes, if they get two of those three, and cert- uh, certainly two, but maybe even if they get one of those three, they could have the number one ranked class in the country, right? Yeah, I mean, if they get one of those guys, it, um, that's definitely possible. If Duke gets um, a Matthew Hurt or an Isaiah Stewart, I think they would be one. Um, if they each get one of those guys, then it's some sort of one A one B, which um, every year is really no different than it, <laughs> really no different than any other year we've seen. Yeah. Um, so there's just a lot to still play out, and we're not even to the part of the year where there's coaching changes and there's guys getting out of LLIs, and there's then there's the grad transfer market. Now I do think that Kentucky will have to mind that market. Yes. But I, I just think it's too early to get upset, especially when you look at their roster. And you see that they're going to have a lot of guys coming back next year, probably more than we initially thought. Yeah, and and, and not because they're bums. I mean, like like if EJ Montgomery comes back, that's like a gift from God because he, as you said, he's he can be really good and probably he, has the if most he comes upside back, on the he's team. A lottery pick. Yeah, I thought he was going to be one this year. I was just a year early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's right because you know, and I felt the same way. It just it's clear that he's still got to develop and mature and physically. Uh, improve, but we've we've seen enough, or even little, just little flashes of him. That I think when you project him out, he's unbelievable. <laughs> um, no doubt. You know, and Ashton Hagens is a guy who's. Uh, I'd be really surprised if he if the M, there's a big NBA market for him because he's so limited offensively. But I just had a piece today on what he did defensively. Uh, he's a guy who could develop to become you know to maximize his strengths on the offensive end, use his speed and some of those things and keep getting better defensively to the point that he's a terrific college player as a sophomore. He could, he could be a, you know, a game changer as well. I, I agree with you that when you, when you look at what they have in the class and what they could have coming back, I think the roster is going to be just fine next year. Yeah, no, I agree. Would they like to add another post player? Sure. But I mean, the, 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 the guards that I think will be back, the wings that I think will be back and what they're adding uh, in Maxi, who's a, a tremendously gifted scorer, um, and Khalil Whitney, who's a freak show athlete, and Dante Allen, uh, he's going to help them with his scoring ability. He's only scored point. about three hundred points. <laughs> he's scored about three hundred points in the first two weeks of his high school season. He's yeah, he, he can insane. score. He had, he had like twenty three rebounds at Marshall County the other day too. So he, he's going to be good for them. All right, Evan, thank you so much for your time. If you could share where people can follow your work on the internet and where they can find your podcast. Yeah, you can find all my recruiting work over on 24-7 Sports. Uh, you can catch me on uh, Twitter at, at Evan Daniels, and then my podcast, the Sidelines Podcast, uh, is uh, over on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Uh, a lot of interviews with coaches and 
Um, Big East show is getting ready to start over on FS1 here in a couple weeks, and uh, pumped up about that. My man, the TV star with his uh, all his nice suits and pocket squares. If you're, I'll be. I can if you. I can be your go-to guy for next year. Xavier Deontay Miles. He went to my high school. So if you need any inside Walton Verona High School information, just come to me, Evan. <laughs> I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Evan. Thanks so much for your time, bud. All right, boys. Thanks for having me. Y'all have a great one. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Kentucky. Be sure to be following along on Twitter at Locked On UK and find Locked On Kentucky on Facebook. Just search Locked On Kentucky. This is Friday, and it is the last day to enter to win the signed Darius Miller Championship 8x10. All you got to do, rate, review, screenshot the review, and then tweet us at Locked On UK, and you'll be in a really appreciate everybody who's getting in on this contest and giving us awesome reviews. We'll announce that winner on Saturday, so you still got a little bit of time if you're listening to this before Saturday. Please tweet at Evan and thank him for coming on this podcast, and be sure to be following me on Twitter, at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. I'll be traveling to see Dante Allen, UK commit from Pendleton County, on Saturday, so follow along with updates, and I should have an interview with him and his coach after the game they play at home on Saturday evening. Follow at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH for all his coverage, and be sure to check out his work on The Athletic. Thank you so much for listening. We will talk to you soon. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. Now join Now joined by Evan Dan. <laughs> will I be rapping this time or what? Yeah. Yes. That we'll get to that in a bit.